Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our visions of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. When I wanted to start a podcast, I had no clue what I was doing. And I made so many mistakes along the way that I just wish I knew about earlier. I wish someone told me these things earlier. And so what I've done is I have prepared a completely free resource for everybody. It's called Podcast University. It solves for all of the unknown variables when it comes to starting your show or even taking your show to the next level. I talk about in a very, very concise manner. It's very quick to read what microphones to use, what headphones to use, what software you should use to record your remote interviews, and the microphones that you should use to record in-person interviews as well what software you should use to edit your show, what branding assets you need to take advantage of, where to host your podcast, like how do you get it on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else. I've got it all there for you on Podcast University. Again, completely free, and you can go to jordanparis.com slash P-U to get your show off the ground, take it to the next level, avoid all of the stress of figuring it out on your own. Podcasting has absolutely changed my life, and I know it will do the same for you. Now, one last thing before we get into it today, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Everything we do here is to help you, to help you learn so that you can do all that you were created to do so that you can maximize your potential and who you are. As cliche as that sounds, we have interviews with New York Times bestselling authors and really just the most successful people in the world. Every single week, two times a week, we have those interviews. So we don't want you to miss it. Make sure you go do that. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Dan Locke. Dan is a Chinese-Canadian business magnate and global educator best known for being the founder and chairman of Closers.com, the world's number one software-as-a-service platform which connects companies to closers. Beyond that, Mr. Locke has led several global movements to redefine modern education. We're all about education here at Growth Mindset University, where Mr. Locke has taught men and women from over 130 countries to develop high income skills, unlock true financial confidence, and master their financial destinies. Beyond his success in business, Mr. Locke is a two-time TEDx speaker, an international best-selling author of over a dozen books, a member of the Young President's Organization, YPO, a private group of global chief executives 
whose companies employ 16 million people and generate $6 trillion in US dollars in annual revenues. And he's also the host of The Dan Lok Show, a series, <laughs> yes, a series featuring billionaire tycoons and millionaire entrepreneurs. Today, now with millions of followers, Mr. Locke continues to be featured in thousands of media channels and publications every single year and is widely recognized as one of the top business leaders by millions around the world. I recognize him as that business leader as well. Mr. Locke, welcome to Growth Mindset University. Hey, Jordan, thank you for having me. Just call me Dan, please. Mr. Locke makes me feel so old. (laughs) Dan, Dan is good. (laughs) Dan is good, okay. Dan, we were just talking off the air about the the red suit. Where did your fashion sense come from? Well, for my wife, I had no fashion sense <laughs> before I met my wife. Uh, and my wife, Jenny, she actually uh, loves fashion and she always has a, a passion for fashion. So when I, when I met her, when we started dating, at first she didn't say anything, but afterwards, like, I, I had to do a little makeover on, on you, right? <laughs> and then from then on, she's been my image consultant, kind of. So everything that, that I, I wear nowadays, she, she kind of picked for me. So that's, as I always say, behind every successful man is a smarter woman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the, so the red suit was her idea. Yeah. Wow. And I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a funny story. So we were in Vegas uh, and we were just shopping, right? And I picked up about like a tuxedo because I had a special event, like all, all of that. So while they were trying to like find the tuxedo and, and doing measurements, so we saw this red suit at the corner. And it was the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen. Like, it's crazy, right? It's just, it gets, it's like silk. So we have about like 10, 20 minutes and my wife was like, hey, why don't we just, just for fun, <laughs> just like for fun to put it on. We had no intention of getting it at all because we know it's, we're going to look like Santa Claus, right? There's actually a green one and then there's a red one, right? A green one. Oh my god! Green one. Same material. Dad, you do look like Santa Claus. That, that, that'd be good, but but that's like oh, green, green is money. Green is money. But it's it's a it's it's the wrong kind of green. Right? So we we put on, I put on the red suit just for fun, and my wife like this actually looks very good on you. And then we took some photos, and like okay, that's that's cool. And then before you know it, then we bought we bought the suit. But it was more like an accident. And as I uh, I'm traveling, I'm on different like big stages. And I noticed that when I wear that suit, people call it the Iron Man suit. It's kind of like a, a, my, my armor, right? Uh, it makes us stand out. and It, it makes a statement, right? It's, it's a little right. bit unusual. And before you know it now, kind of people, like I'm known for, for wearing that red suit. Absolutely. And it's what attracted me to you because... Because <laughs> you have one. You got you to you you show, show the camera. You got to show the camera. I got Boom, so right you, there. Usually what I do is I put my, I have an American flag pocket square that I put nice, here nice. and I also have one of those like, one of those flowers that you clip on. So like right yep. here and then yep. I wear an American flag bow tie with it nice. as well. And then but white pants, white Calvin Klein pants. So. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> love it, love it. So, uh, you know, what's interesting, you know, you say you didn't have a fashion sense and I did see a picture. I've seen the picture before, but I saw it on your Instagram feed of you when you were like, I think it was 2005. Yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, 20 something. Right, right. You didn't like. I spiky hair, my my glasses. No no fashion, glasses, not cool hair. Not cool hair. But here's the thing it got like double or triple the amount of likes as all your other photos. What does that say about vulnerability? Like, wow, right? I think people also want to see uh, not just vulnerability, but the transformation. 
from, because it's easy when I say to people about developing skills, right? Have more confidence, become a better version of yourself. It's very easy for them to look up or easy for you to say, Dan, you've got millions of followers, you're on TEDx and all that. But when I show them the where I came from, not where I'm today, but where I came from, I think that's more inspirational because people always see where you are at, but they don't necessarily see where you came from. When they can see that, hey, I wasn't the guy that I am today, right? I created who I am today. I shaped who I am today, my character, my confidence, everything that I have that I earned. I think that, that, I think that people find it inspirational. Absolutely. Yeah. You really weren't, I mean, we, we all come from somewhere and I actually relate to you in, in, I mean, yes, with the red suit, but also with, uh, you know, you say you were in the invisible kit. I, you know, maybe you more so than me, it sounds like yours was a little bit more dramatic, but I felt like that as well. I was the invisible kid. But when did you start to feel, tell me about that. And then when, you know, take us along your journey and when you started to feel visible. I would say, first, when I, I, was, I was born in Hong Kong, so I immigrated to North America when I was 14 years old, right? Now, in Hong Kong, I was just a regular kid, and I was getting into a lot of trouble, hanging around with the wrong people, things like that. And that's one of the reasons why uh, my family decided to, to move to, to North America. And so I would say when I was going through high school, uh, because I couldn't speak the language the, with a language barrier, so I was very, very shy. That I, I, was, I was afraid to, to talk to people because I don't want to sound stupid, right? I don't want to feel like, oh, I didn't know what I was talking about. And people couldn't understand me anyway because my accent, my thick, thick accent. And so from then on, I was always the kid who was sitting in the very back of the classroom, right? Kind of they never put on my hand. Uh, like if like you and I, you, we could go through a few semesters and you would not know my name because I don't talk to anybody, right? After school, I would just grab my backpack and I would go get my locker and then I would just go home. That was me, right? So from there, I think transitioning into, because I was also getting bullied in school, right? I was getting bullied in school and getting beat up and things like that. So I think the first turning point was I started learning martial art, right? I was, I was learning a little bit karate, learning, because one day I was watching a movie from Bruce Lee, Return of the Dragon, where he was going to Rome and kicking people's ass and the fight with Chuck Norris. Instantly, he became my hero, right? Like I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. And so from there, there I learned martial art. And what's very fascinating is, is martial art taught me confidence. So that taught me to be a little bit more outgoing, to, to talk to people. Uh, and from, but from that point, I'm still very much like an introvert. That the things I do, and I'm not a particularly good like, communicator. I would say when I felt visible is when I joined Toastmasters. Because I wanted to join Toastmasters to improve my English, right? And so I joined Toastmasters and in Toastmasters, in case you don't know, right? The audience, you don't know, you, you, you do speech, right? It's like impromptu speech or you have a little prepared speech. You deliver five, eight, 10 minute talk and you have a group of people in your club, nonprofit to, to help you, to give you feedback, right? And, and after a while, probably a few months into Toastmasters, then I started getting feedback from people say, oh, great job, and, and I, like, I like the way you, you, you talk, and I like your confidence, and, and I remember, oh, you are such a natural. And I'm like, well, there's nothing natural about what I do at all. That's not natural. But people say, oh, I think you're natural. That's, I think that's when I felt, oh, maybe, maybe I, I could be visible, that people actually do uh, would, would hear what I have to say, right? They would actually pay attention. So I think that was the two turning point, martial art and Toastmasters. 
Right. So we're going to talk money. We go a little bit further along your journey here. What was like the first thing you started making money with? When that first couple of dollars came in, however yeah. much it was, how did that feel? First of all, I started my first business when I was in high school, right? Mowing lawns for people. I think a lot of, a lot of kids that have done that, right? Mow, mow lawns for people. And I've tried a lot of different businesses, vending machines, uh, delivering stuff, fixing computers and, and all of that. So I try a lot of different businesses. In fact, I started to fail at 13 businesses, 13 businesses before having my first success. And my first quote unquote success, now at the time, just like most people, I was lost, right? I was trying this, I was trying that. I mean, I tried that one marketing, I tried all kinds of stuff, just like most, most ambitious young people, right? I wanted to make money, I wanted to provide for my mom, take care of my family, but I just couldn't find what works, right? Some, something was missing. And just like most people, I read the books and uh, I went to the seminars and, you know, did all the personal development things. And none of them really quite worked for me because it's okay. I mean, it's, you know, I would wake up in the morning, I would talk to the mirror, right? And say to the mirror, you know, I'm successful and, 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 and you know, I'm attracting success into my life and, and do all this stuff. And I would visualize and I would write down my goals, right? I was still fucking broke, right? I was still a broke kid. Uh, until I found my first mentor. His name is Alan. And Alan at the time runs a very successful financial education company in Canada. So I basically begged him, pleaded him, like just do whatever I could to get him to, to teach me. And I worked for him for about one year for next to nothing. Basically next to nothing. I tell young guys all the time, don't work for money, work to learn, right? Don't just work to earn. So for that one year, he taught me marketing and copywriting. He gave me a high income skill. That's, that's why I'm such a big proponent of high income skill. We could talk a little bit about this later. But with a high income skill, which is copywriting, meaning how to write ads, how to write sales letters. Back, to the day, back in the day, direct mail, like stamps and envelopes. That's what we did, right? And so from there, I was, after I worked for him for, for next to nothing for one year, uh, I opened up my own one-man advertising agency, just me working from my home. I was in my early 20s making about $10,000 a month. Now, today's standard, it may, may not be a lot of money for some people, but for me, early 20s, that was a lot of money. <laughs> right? That was a huge amount of money for me. I've never seen so much money. So I would say that's my first success that I've experienced that I feel like a few dollars coming in. Uh, and, and I didn't care about other people. It's like how people see me and this and that. They felt it's a little bit awkward because I dropped out of college. But I talk about that, by the way. Yes. But I, that's my first validation that I'm on the right path. How did, you, how did you get convinced Alan to work together? To, <laughs> okay. Or, you know, take him, take, take you under his wing. Yeah. Because, so, because so, I think I, I, I do strongly believe in mentorship. Mentors have brought me a long way. And I always say, I mean, there's a whole chapter in my book that's together is better. I, I fully believe it. How, how'd you make it happen? Well, at the time, you know, I was sharing with you, Jordan, about the, I was buying all these like opportunity magazines, right? Opportunity magazines about like different business ideas and ventures, things you can do to, to kind of like a side hustle that can make money, right? So I was on these mailing lists. And at the time, I would always get these different, People would call them junk mails in the mail. And I would always 
be very fascinated about this particular person who sent me his letters because they are the most compelling, fascinating stories that I've ever read. It's just different from everybody else, right? It's in a plain envelope. It's very personal. That's fascinating. I always remember the name. So one time I got an invitation from, again, one of these letters. I went to a local workshop in, in the city. So I went to a local workshop. I was sitting in the back of, very back of the hotel and sitting right next to me, I was looking at a speaker. I was looking at the, the name tag. I was looking at the speaker's name tag and I saw Alan Jacks. By the way, that's the, the person who's been sending me these letters. And I was like, fucking hell. There is no, no. And I said, are you, are you, are you Mr. Alan Jacks? He said, yes, I am. And that's like, suddenly I'm like a fanboy. I'm like, oh my God. I said, oh my, like literally I was screaming on top of it. I said, oh my God, right? I said, you, uh, like, I, I love your work. I said, oh yeah, 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 you know? And he was, he was thinking, I was referring to the workshop because that's what he does, right? He, right? he put together his workshops. I said, no, 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 not the workshop, your marketing, your letters. I said, I collect them, I feel punch them, I put in my three wing binders. Like I'm the, and he was like, first of all, he was like, who the hell is this like Asian dude? Like, like screaming on top of his lungs. Like he was like, let me be shocked by that. And the speaker was, was getting angry because I was screaming in the back of the room, trying to in, interrupt his thing. Uh, so then I asked Alan one question that changed my life. I said, can I buy you lunch? And I always remember he hesitated. He thought about it. He looked at me, he thought about it, looked at me and he said, what the hell I got to eat? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so we went downstairs, we went to uh, a, a restaurant and I sat down with him and, and I told him very, very directly, he said, hey, Alan, I'm so, so glad that you were doing lunch together. Um, I'm a young guy. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm, I'm kind of an entrepreneur. I'm entrepreneurial. Uh, I don't like, I'm so honored you're having lunch with me, but actually I, I want to be honest. I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so... So if you would order like a burger, it should be no problem. But if you order something expensive, my, my credit card is embarrassing, but it, it will probably pass. It will probably decline. Mm -hmm. And he, he was just, he loves it. He loves how direct I am, how, how, how transparent I am. And he's like, I don't want, don't worry, I'll just get a little drink. And so from there, I asked him to mentor me. He said, no, 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 for many, 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 like many, many days, many, many days. Uh, I was actually stalking him. Right uh, at his place. Remember my lawn mowing experience? Yeah. I would go to his house. I would mow the lawn. I would clean up the garden. I would just do everything I could to to show him that I'm serious. That I really want to learn from him. And he because he's never had a mentee, and he's by the way I'm the only mentee he's ever had in his whole life until this point, never. Um, right. And, and from then on, finally he took me on and, and kind of gave me a job, quote unquote, kind of a job to work in his office. And in the beginning, I was just taking stuff to the post office. Like, like come like a clerk, right, at his office. And later on, he would give me different things and he was, he was testing me, right? And then finally, he would mentor me for one year. And so, until this day, he's still my mentor, by the way. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's, a, I mean, it's important too to like, not, I mean, outgrowing a mentor, like, oh, I'm too high up for a mentor now. Like, no, no, it's not, it's not the case. I acknowledge you there for that. I wanted to, I want to highlight that. But yeah, so to paraphrase, show them that you're serious, that you really, really want to learn whatever form that takes. Just show them that you're serious. I mean, and that's, that's and I think a lot of times when people say, oh, I want a mentor. I mean, I, on social media, I get that every day. 
right? People, oh, Dan, can you mentor me, right? Yeah. I'm sure, Jordan, you get people there. Say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John all the time, right? Uh, I think one of the, the best advice I could give to, to people is when you're approaching the mentor, keep in mind, your mentor it has been there and done that. They, 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 are, they are a few steps ahead of you, right? Or many, many steps ahead of you. They're, they're more successful. They've got more experience. You are going to them. Don't, go, don't approach them coming from a place of like entitlement or obligation where, oh, yeah, you're successful. Help me. Like poor little me, right? Help me out. That's a very wrong mentality, right? When you approach a mentor, you should always come from a place of value. How yeah. could I solve them problems? How could I help them? How could I, I in the time I was just helping Alan to, to clean up his office and doing like yeah. very low level work, right? I was licking the stem. That, that was my job. Yeah. I don't care because I was there to learn, right? And a lot of times I think people now, oh, like you're going to teach me. I'm going to be this. They're coming from a place almost like you owe me something, right? You are successful. They don't owe you shit, okay? They are successful, if you want something from them, you got to come from, and some, some mentors, maybe you go to their training, you go to their workshops, or you go to the online training, you invest in yourself. That's cool. Some mentors where you, you work for free and you, you get like some time from them. That's cool. Whatever it is, but it has to be that kind of relationship. It cannot be a relationship where you're like, like a vampire, right? You go and just, you want to suck the knowledge and suck the energy out of them. Well, there are a lot of people who want their time. So you got to come from a place of there to help and add value first. Right. And I, yes, adding value, but here's the caveat. And I got this only a couple hours ago this morning and I get it all the time is I really want to help with your mission. What can I do for you? Like people, you know, looking for me to like help them out and, you know, or like, you know, associate with them. And it's like, okay, now you've just given me a homework assignment. I have to now figure something out that you can do for me. And it's just, that's not the way to do it. Come, come with something very specific, a problem, a solution to a problem that, that Dan has or I have, and that will be so much more likely to result in the outcome that you want in getting exactly. that. Exactly. It's like if you want to have that, to me, the mentor-mentee relationship is a very special relationship. Because coming from my martial art background, right? That's why all my students, they know my martial art background. Um, they call me Sifu. Sifu means like mentor in, in Chinese, right? So it's that martial art me- example that I always use the comparison. It's, 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 the, the, it's, a, it's a respectful relationship. It's a very special relationship. So you don't, if you're not even investing time in a relationship as a mentee, then why would your mentor invest t- any time in a relationship? If you have not taken the time to study like what you do and how you do it and things like that. If someone comes to you and say, Jordan, oh, Jordan, help me out. Right? Like, you know, I'm just a young guy. I'm getting started. Like, uh, versus they listen to your podcast, right? They go to your website. They know everything about you, right? And versus, hey, you know, Jordan, I've been getting your email. I've been seeing your marketing. Uh, and I think this, this, hypothetically, this is a learning page that you have. I have some writing skill. I think I could help you. And in fact, I have already written a brand new landing page for you. Can you give me some feedback? Ooh, that's what are you it. Say? Oh my that, God. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. This is awesome. Like you're my kind of guy, right? Yeah. But versus you want something for nothing. No, give first. And guess what? Very often when you give and give and give and give, you, you may not get anything in return, but all you need, all it takes is just one. You need that one person that believes in you. And then your, your whole life will change. My whole life changed, right? 
I went ahead, my first mentor, then my second mentor, the $50 billion man, Dan Penny, right? So it's both have been my mentors for over a decade. That's why I think mentor-mentee relationship, sometimes people think they buy a book, they buy an online course, that's a mentor-mentee relationship. That's not a mentor-mentee relationship, right? That, that's, that's you're buying a course, right? A mentor-mentee relationship is you know them and they know you, right? right? They, they actually know who you are, right? They know you personally, and there's that long-term relationship. So that's what I have. That's why both have been my mentors for over 10 years now, right? Absolutely. I respect them a lot. Absolutely. And I want to highlight, again, just so many good points here, but highlighting that do, do your homework on that person. Yep. You know, listen, listen to the content that they have out there. Watch their videos. I think it's very lazy when people say, lazy. what's your story, man? Let's get on a phone call. I, want to really, I really need to gain some insight from you and he, from your story and, and your, where you get your inspiration from. And it's like, it's out there, man. It's out there. That's lazy. And, and if they won't, exactly. If they won't even do that in the beginning relationship, how are they going to behave after the relationship? It makes no sense, right? If they won't even do that little bit of work, like exactly. Oh, let's get on the phone. Let's, let's, I want to hear more of your story. Are you crazy? Like how many times I've told my story on social media, right? How many podcasts have, you won't even do that, right? <laughs> and forget, like it, it should be like anyone who's serious, they have, almost like look at your stuff inside and out, right? And they're resourceful enough. And maybe like say Jordan is, maybe you don't need a landing page, but they keep watching you. They keep watching you. And suddenly maybe in, in, on the podcast, you talk about, oh man, you know, I really need some, someone to help me with whatever. Just kind of mention it one line. And suddenly next day you have someone email you. Hey Jordan, in the last podcast you talked about, you kind of need someone to help you with this blank. Well, I happen, if I, to, I don't know how to do it, I happen to know someone I think that can help you. I would love to introduce you to that person and just leave it at that. And now you remember that person. And oh, that's a nice guy, right? And from there, that's how you start the relationship. Very naturally, I'm sure, I'm certain, you will be like, okay, thank you so much for the introduction. How can I help you, right? right. You feel like now you're obligated. How can I help this person back? Because they've given you something of value in events. It's very basic kind of business relationship and acumen 101 but common sense is not common practice. Right. yeah 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 absolutely so let's talk about what is foo money <laughs> f you money i know i know yes. i'm just joking but people call yes. it people mistake for foo money <laughs> i have when i when okay i'll tell a, a funny story when i wrote that book almost 10 years ago no one would publish the book no publishers would touch it. And a lot of people, they sit down with me. Okay, is this like, what is that, tofu? Like, is it foo? Is, like, is, is, it, is, it, is it, no, it's, it's exactly what it means. What, what, it's, what it is is exactly what it means. Yeah, it's yeah. FU money, right? Uh, and yeah, and they're like, what, what the hell does that mean? And by the way, Tony, can you hold that up again? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, can you see the stack coins? Mm -hmm. It's actually a finger. Oh, wow. I did not realize. Can you see that message? <laughs> no. It's actually a finger That's right great. there. That's great. Uh, you can see that. It's, it's a little like a hidden message. So mm. I wrote that book. And I think FQ Money is different for everybody. I mean, the numbers. Some people say, oh, I need you know, millions of dollars. Some say, oh, I need a few hundred thousand dollars. That, that number is different. Uh, I like to describe it as a metaphor where you feel that you have enough where you can live life on your own terms, 
Right. It depends all you want. If you want a simple, like a simple little condo, a simple, simple car, that's a, that you don't, you need a lot less. If you say, I want a big mansion, I want to have, you know, three sports car, that's a very different lifestyle, right? That requires a big amount of your money. But what I've learned over the years is that number is actually a lot less than what people think. Most people, they think I need $50 million. I need $30 million to live the life of my dreams. Actually, you need a lot less than that to really live a, like a good life, right? A very good life that you, you're, you're flying first class. You're staying in the best hotel. You are like, once you get money's a the funny thing, after a certain amount, the quality of life doesn't dramatically improve mm-hmm. with more. Right. It's interesting to hear you say that too. Yep. That's very, I, cause I was almost going to approach you about that and see what you mm. thought about that. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so think about it. Let's say, let's say, let's just take John. What's, what's your, ping me a picture. What's your ideal lifestyle for yourself? Yeah, so, I mean, it's different, you know, different like parts of my life. So let's just say for my twenties, Yes. you know, being a digital nomad living in Italy, South of France. Traveling. Yes. Right. Right. You know, uh, and, and yeah, that's so, so pretty much flights and, and flights living, okay. and, living uh, yeah. but, but you know, with a, with a relatively nice home base and, mm-hmm. you know, a Porsche Cayman S, you know, mm-hmm. that, that'd be, mm-hmm. that's great. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So in my book, as you know, I talk about actually writing that out, right? How much would it cost you? Let's say for, for, for Porsche, for, for a nice home, for vacation, you're staying like all of that stuff. If you, cause most of it, that this kind of big idea. Oh, I think I need all these things and I want all these things, but they don't actually how much it actually costs. When you map it all out, chances are, unless you want something very like crazy, exotic, like something insane, more for most people, that number is actually a lot lower. And you will notice by the time, like in the book, I, I go through some ridiculous things where, you know, you get, you know, you get a go to spa every damn week, right? You go to have sticks every damn day. Right? You take travel, vacation, like just ridiculous amount of activities and things, and it still costs a lot less than what people think. And that's the great thing about it. And when you have that perspective, then you ask yourself, just as example, before this interview, I had my lunch. My lunch is an $8 lunch. Mm. It's a little like a lunch box. That's it. Oh. But at the end of the day, what is it? It's just like a fried rice. That's it. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, like a pineapple fried rice. That was it. So it's very, like, how, how much can you eat? How much can you travel? At the end of you still sleep in one bed. Yeah. How many cars can you drive? Well, I've got some nice, I've got a couple of nice cars, but I don't need 20 cars, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you don't it need beds. I don't need to, right? Just, and you, as I get older, you, you know, more stuff, just more hassles. It, it, it creates complexity in your life, right? I'm not saying don't get nice things. I like nice things, yeah. right? I like nice things, but... Got a couple of nice things, right? But after that, it's just stuff to me, right? At this at this age of my life. So I so of course I've got a few money right here, made some highlights, listened to the audio version as well, because I can listen to your voice all day. And I feel like a lot of people can't. <laughs> and uh I like I just I I love it. But anyway, um uh what was it? Oh yeah, unlock it. Your mm-hmm. new book. Unlocket. You say it's a wiser, more mature Dan Locke. In what sense? How different is this book going to be? I wrote a few money about, like I said, almost ten years ago, right? When I made, you could say, my 
my bucket of money, my first big fortune. I felt it was fortune back then. Um, and over the years, I asked myself, well, do I, because I, after a few money, I said to myself, I'm not going to write another book because it's so much work to write a book. It's so hard. It is so much work. I said, I'm not, and I don't have time. So I don't, I don't want to write another book. And it's only about last year, uh, I was having discussion with people and just friends and things like that with also with my wife. And I'm like, okay, like just, you know, my wife and I, we've been together almost 12 years. We've been married four. And we're thinking, you know, like, thank you. And imagine, you know, we're going to have, let's say, imagine we have a couple of kids, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so imagine, imagine, we don't have kids yet, but imagine a couple of kids. And I say, you know, what, what legacy, what, what book would I want my, my, my kids to, to, to read? And I say, do I really want them to read F you? Hey, here's a book from the dead, F you money. That's my best work. Like, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. And from there, back then, when I was late, my late 20s, I was more brash, more arrogant. Uh, I was still less mature. Like, I was still in a phase of where I was chasing a lot of recognition and achievement. Mm-hmm. Versus now, I'm almost 38, like 10 years later, that like I'm more mature. The, the way I view life is very different. So I thought to myself, you know what? I, I need an updated version of who I am today, how I see the world, how I see business. And that's why like I wrote this book. I said, this book reflects kind of what I've learned in the last 10 years about life and about business. And that's why the subtitle, you see the book is unlock it, but the subtitle really is the master key to wealth, success, and significance. Oh, good. Significance. Yeah. And how I, how I myself, I've evolved from, from, cause I believe Jordan in life, you go through four stages. The first stage is what I call survival. Just paying the bills, make enough, make ends meet. Right. And then the second stage is what I call security. Now you've got a safe, secure job, or maybe you have a career. You've, you've got, like, you're kind of middle class. You're okay, right? You, you, you're comfortable. And then the third stage is success, right? Now, at, this, at, the, at the stage of success, you don't just have everything you, 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 you need. You have everything you want. You don't just have a car. You have the car. The you, car. Don't just, you don't just have a house. You have the house that you really want, right? Yeah. Now, you, you're flying first class. You're having fun. Like, you, you, you're not worried. You're very, very successful. People look at you, they think of you, you are, they look up to you, you are very successful, right? And you're a very successful guy. So that's that. That's a kind of from my 20s to 30s, that's what I was focusing on, chasing success. What I didn't know is there's one more level. That's level four, stage four, and that's significance. And how I've transitioned, evolved from being successful to focusing on significant. And when it comes to significant now, now I don't want to sound so cliche, but then your focus is not so much on me, 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 the look at me, look at how successful I am, look at how smart I am. Now you're thinking about, okay, how can I take my experience, what I've learned, uh, how can I make an impact, right? Like I'm taking care of, my life is good, but then how can I impact others? And that's how I've been living my life in the last few years, really focusing on that. And that's why we have this global education company that we have, right? We couldn't build this if it was just me, 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 me. And now everything I focus on, it's how can I make an impact? And that's why we're students in over 150 countries because I focus on why I do this book because now I want to make more of an impact, right? Um, 
getting it into the school system, sharing a message oh, with young people. Oh, that's important. Yeah. And then or being on podcasts, I, I block out a chunk of my time. I tell my team that I'm going to be on. Like on podcasts, I don't look at this as like promotion and branding because we are doing a lot of branding on our own social media already. This, I, but I craft out a percentage of my time being on podcasts, uh, being on university campus to, to share, right? To, to, like I spoke at UPC, I spoke at SFU, like in here, to, to share with young people, hey, this is where I came from, right? I was an immigrant guy, right? Poor immigrant boy with no money, no language, like couldn't speak a word of language. And yet I've accomplished, you know, a little bit of success. And here's what I learned. Oh, like, a little you know, bit. A little. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, little, like that's you know, a, this is what I've done. That's right? a lot of bit. It's a lot of bit. What I've done. And I want to inspire young people. Hey, you could do it too. Really, really, you could do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So we're going to talk education because this show is all about learning the lessons that we should have learned in school, but did not. Mm. So you don't have a college degree. No, I dropped out of college. Right. Is it, is it, is it likely? Is it, easy-ish to be, I don't want to say, can you be successful without a college degree? Because technically you can, I mean, you did it, look, but is, is it, uh, would you advise it? Like, I think I would advise looking at it from a different way. It's okay, okay. having a college degree is no guarantee for success. That's right. Okay. So instead of, oh, I go to college and everything, I, I get my piece of paper then everything would be fine. It's a piece of paper, man. That, that's all that is. It's nothing more than that. Uh, and it's becoming, it's becoming worth less and less. Uh, and Can I, so, yeah, go ahead. I, so, so I posted on, I, I, gosh, I'm jumping in. I, I don't usually jump in this much. I'm just so invested, Dan. Like, I love yes. this conversation. I, lo- I love, I love doing it. Back yeah. But uh, I posted on, this is my, one of my most controversial posts. I post, you know, when mm-hmm. I go to a store and mm-hmm. the cashier hands me a receipt, I say, no, thank you. You can, you can keep it. You can throw it away. I don't need it. Hmm. Well, when I walk across the stage to get my college degree, I'll probably say the exact same thing. And I, you know, I, so I, I pretty much likened a college degree to a receipt. It, hmm. and, and it's like worse than a receipt because you actually, you can't, there's no return policy on it. Like that, that $200,000 is gone though. But I got, so I got like 80% love from that and just 20% pure hatred. Hatred, <laughs> uh, but yes, that's I. I so I'm well, because the schools. Do you think about the the school system? We have been programmed at a young age, right? Like imagine, like uh, uh, as, a, as a young kid, all of us, right? Uh, a teenager, we want to, we want to, we want to buy the, that video game, right? We don't buy that toy. We go to mom and dad and say, "Hey, mom and dad, I want that thing, and I want to make some money." And then, what's the first thing they say? You go get a job. Yeah. Go get a job, make money, right? It's, it's so ingrained in us. Oh, you know, go to school, right? So that's fine. I mean, I think we all have <clears throat> different paths. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be an engineer, absolutely, you need, you need school training. But what if I want to be a YouTuber? What if I want to be a podcaster? What if I want to be a travel vlogger? What if I want to be, <clears throat> be a makeup artist? Right. Even any, I mean, any sort of entrepreneur, do you really need it? Yeah. Like, like, that's what I mean. So no one, like your banker is not going to ask you for a school card. It's going to ask you for a financial statement. So, and and I'm a such strong strong believer in this. And and I'm actually now working with the school system to to change this because I think the, the whole, 
the whole job economy is dead. Yeah, it's totally dying. It's it's dead. Like it's dead. whatever 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 jobs you think you're gonna get after you graduate, but those jobs they may not be around by the time you graduate. Um, and one thing that kind of frustrates me is this. Okay, I guess I have so many young people who follow my work, right? Uh, one of the thing, one of the biggest frustrations I hear from them is this. See if you can relate to this, Jordan. So they say, okay, so you want to you want to have a, a successful life. You got to graduate and get, get your degree, right? So you can get a job. Cool. The graduate, they go now go for an interview, sitting across the table with the HR person. Okay, tell tell me about your thing. And well, I, I just graduated from so and so university, maybe a great university. You know, we don't we don't really hire people with no experience. Like we want people with some you know couple of years experience, or we hire people with more education. Yeah, that's okay. that's the common. That's the common. Right, like the, oh, yeah. okay, okay. So I've gone to school four years. I have this piece of paper, but I cannot get a job because. I don't have enough experience, or I need more education. Fine, go back to school. Now I'm going to get a freaking MBA. How's that? Spend a few more years getting into more student loan, student debt. Now I graduate. I've now got not one piece of. I got maybe two degrees or and an MBA. Now I sit across the table, same HR person. Well, now can you hire me? No. Now you're kind of overqualified. <laughs> we don't really need an MBA because a lot of those jobs they're gone. We really, we want someone with like this kind of. Then, then what do you want the students to do? So if I don't get education, I cannot get a job. I graduate, I cannot get a job. Now I am, I have more degrees, I still cannot get a job. Now I'm sitting on a few hundred thousand dollars in student debt that will take me forever to pay that off. I cannot get jobs, or the jobs I'm studying for, they're going to be placed by AI, right? right. And now I go back to what McDonald. <laughs> like it's sad. Yeah, no, I, I know a lot of I know a lot of people in my age. You know, I mean, I'm twenty. It's sad. It, it frustrates me. Serving jobs with finance degrees. It's 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 like what about the promises of like higher education? And so that's why I'm so my entire like my education component like division of my company. It's all about teaching people skills, giving people skills that are not taught in school. Like, why spend four years preparing for something when you can spend maybe three to six months mm -hmm. and just start earning? Right? When I teach my students, let's say the art of closing, high tech closing, I teach them, a, I give them a closing skill. They go through a seven week training. By the end of seven weeks, they are closing and they are making money. They're generating income. You don't need four years to do this, right? And you definitely don't need to get into tens of thousands of dollars of debt. To do this, right? So the job economy is dead. Now it's much more what I call the skill economy. Mm -hmm. So now it's about the Uber is a skill set, right? It is a little simple, very kind of lower level skill, but it's still skill set, right? That you can go out there and you can generate income doing that versus having that piece of fancy piece of paper. And companies like the proof is this. A lot of bigger companies, the Apple, right? A lot of bigger companies. Now they say, hey, you know what? We're hiring. We don't even need you to have a college degree. We don't need you to go to university. That's no longer a requirement. Right. Yeah. Why? Because they know just because you have that piece of paper, it doesn't mean you've got common sense. It doesn't mean you've got the skills. It doesn't mean you, you could do the job, right? Yeah. Not only but that. Help. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, not only that, but like what's going, I don't know if you're aware of what's going on in these curriculums, but there's, yes. 
there's it's it's McGraw Hill generic generic uh, PowerPoints and all the teachers just read off of it word for word and and it's like they haven't even actually done the thing that they're teaching and then you, you go home do the homework they're McGraw Hill homework and quizzes you can just click through them and still get an A and then the tests are auto generated by McGraw Hill's test bank of questions and we bubble it into a scantron it goes in out comes a number. What are we learning here? Like you can, it, it, it's so easy to game the system too. And every single answer is on Quizlet, quizlet.com. So, so I, I'm, I am happy though that it seems that the more and more I've been posting about this, I used to get so much more hate and now I get less and less. People are, 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 are to your point, they're realizing this, right? Oh, I, th- I think you're getting the, the hate because I think for most people, deep down they know that's the truth. <laughs> okay, that's why they it, it they react to so emotionally, because it's like you know people are overweight. Or you can or you're fat, but don't, don't don't say I'm fat. No, you're fat, right? It, it's it's that kind of thing, right? So they know that this this the system is screwed up. They know that. Like anyone with like some intelligence, they know, right? They just Absolutely. don't don't like to admit that. Oh shit! Absolutely, I find I that. I find that the more more successful people are the ones that agree with me. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, so now we're talking about the skill economy, though. Mm. What, what's, what's the most important skill to be successful that's not taught in school? Okay. So let me first define about the – because people I – do, I do get this question a lot, and sometimes people get confused. So I want to clarify, then I'm going to give you like some very practical things that, that your audience could do, right? So there's a difference between what I call, first of all, high income skill. I define high income skills as a skill that can make you $10,000 or more per month. Remember my cooperating skill? That's my very first high income skill. Oh. Now, okay. So a high income, so I'm successful because not because of my degree or anything like that, because of, I have a skill. So my high income skill is very different from a high income profession and a high income job. I need to be very clear like let you know the distinction first because then people get confused. So let's talk about high income job first. Okay. High income job. Let's say someone's getting paid $8,000, $10,000 per month at their job. Does that consider high income skill? No, because a high income job, you are dictated by a company saying to you, this is how much you are worth, right? I'm going to pay you this much per month, right? You're going to show up to work five days, six days a week. And that's what we pay you. That's it. Right. Uh, or you, it's determined by a supervisor. So if you want more pay, you got to go sit down with uh, your manager, the executive, and say, hey, I want more pay. I think I've been doing a good job. Right? It's dictated by a company, right? And if there's something that happens to the company, example, the company goes out of business or they're going through re-engineering, meaning they fire a bunch of people, <laughs> and don't really have security, right? right. Don't you? No. So that's a high-income job. Now, a high-income profession Meaning, like, for example, you are a real estate agent, okay? You're a mortgage broker. You're making 10000 a month, but it's a profession. You're working in your city. That The minute, let's say you're a real estate broker right. and you're making 10000 a month, the minute I say, hey, go do something else, your income goes to zero because your profession is not transferable to another industry. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely, right. yeah. So that's a high-income profession. But the downside is because it's not transferable. Now, let's talk about high-income skill. High-income skill is completely different. First of all, you're not dictated by a company how much you're worth. The only thing that determines how much you're worth is the marketplace. P- 
period. The marketplace dictates how much you're worth. So let's say I'm making, let's say I'm charging $2,000 for what I do. Let's say I'm a, I'm a social media you know, guy. I, I manage social media account. Cool. Could I develop my skill sets and get better? And maybe I'm getting better at closing. I'm better at doing a proposal. Suddenly I'm charging twice as much money for the same amount of work. Could I do that? Yeah. So, so because as long as the marketplace recognizes and is willing to pay you for what you're worth. So you determine how much you get paid, number one. Number two, skills are, you can stack, it's stackable and it's transferable. So if I am, let's say one of my skills back then copywriting, I can write copy for a healthcare business. I can write copy for a, a seminar company. I can write copy for different companies from different countries, right? And what's very interesting, Jordan, is my first skill is copywriting, right? So I was making 10,000 a month doing it in my early 20s. Pretty good. What happens is after I finish writing my, my sales copy, I hand it to a client. Now the client is asking me, well, Dan, this is nice, but who do we mail these letters to? Like, how do we use this marketing piece? Then I would tell them, why well, just do a list, do a list and da, 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 do this kind of stuff. And then you, you got it. Then, then I started being a consultant. So I developed my second high income skill, which is consulting. And I was making another six figure a year from that. You see how that it's like, I'm stacking on my skill sets, right? right. right? And, and, and the better I make consulting, the more cooperating clients, they would hire me for work. Right. And the better I make at cooperating, the more they want to consult with me. See how this works. Right. So, but a profession and job, you cannot do that. Absolutely. And I believe that's the true, like, You've heard this before, and I think it's a myth. I talk about that in FU Money. I used to believe this to be true. It's, I think it's, it's a myth. Financial freedom is a myth. It's very, it's very controversial. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear this. Everybody talks about this. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Kiyosaki talks about this, right? Yeah. You know the definition, right? When are you financially free? When you're passive, passive income. Okay, yeah, passive income. Yeah, passive income. To sustain your, I mean, lifestyle. Your, your, your lifestyle, right, your expenses. Yeah. So your expenses is 4K a month. If your passive income has 4,000 a month coming in, you're, you're free, right? So why, so yeah, so, so why, is that, why does that not work? Tell me. Here's why it doesn't work. And here's what I've learned. I've done that before. What I realized is this. Just because you're free today, it doesn't mean you're free tomorrow. Why? Why? Let's say you've got a little internet business making money on Amazon or, or you're selling some kind of digital products online. You're doing affiliate marketing online. You're running ads. Right? At a time, that's what happened to me. I was making a huge, like massive amounts of passive income online, right? On ClickBank. I've got multiple products at ClickBank. I was running Google ads, right? I've got passive income coming in. Like money just really was coming in like crazy, right? Well, suddenly more people get on Google. My keyword cost gets higher and higher. Before mm. I, was, I was free, I was sitting on the beach. This is cool. This is nice. Suddenly, my profit gets thinner and thinner. So one year, I'm free. Next year, I'm not so free. I make an investment. Uh, let's say I buy a piece of real estate. Rental income coming in. That's cool. I lose a tenant. From I'm free now, I'm not so free. Right. Doesn't matter what business you're in, what investments you do, there's always ups and downs. Anyone that tells you anything else, they're lying to you. Right, absolutely. So, so, if you, so just because you're free today, it doesn't mean you're free tomorrow. Passive income. I say passive income is also a myth. Just because it's passive today 
passive doesn't equal permanent. Passive does not equal permanent. Okay. Okay. So if passive income is not permanent, then all the stuff that we're thinking about, oh, I need to have making enough passive income to pay for my expense, then I'm, I don't have to do anything. I challenge anyone, anyone that's think, think about the, the top fortune, let's say Forbes 500, the richest people on the planet. Think about, think about that list, okay? Like, do, do this with me, okay, Jordan? Dave. Think about the people, okay? Give me some names. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Warren Buffett. Bill Warren Gates. Buffett. Yeah, Bill uh, Gates. Trying to, uh, Michael Dell. That's all of them, yeah. okay? Yeah. Now, they have made enough money, they don't have to work. None of them. They don't really have to work. Right. So why do they still work? Uh, why? Yeah, why? That's question number one. Second is, they could all retire. Really, you think about them for, for financial freedom, what most people want is they want to be able to do what they want, live life their own terms, right? Do what they want, where they want, with whom they want. That's really ultimately what they want. These people, could they could all retire. And you know what? They have retired. They do retirement doesn't mean you don't do shit. Retirement, they, they all, every single of the person that you mentioned, they all retire to the business. Mm. They love yeah. what they do. And I would challenge anyone, go watch these people's interviews. One above anyone on the top four, 500. They don't use the word passive income. They do not use the words financial freedom. Oh, it's a good point. It's a good point. If it's such a good fucking idea, why the 500 richest people on the planet don't use those words? So what do they, what do they use? Because that's not their belief. They're doing what they do because they love what they do. Right, right, right. They're not doing it for the money. You, you, I can tell you the vocabulary, values, impact, culture, change the world. When you focus on that, you get everything else. But when you focus on, because the minute the, that I, you might get all, you know, ramped up on this, you can, I'm very passionate about this topic. It's, it's, it drives me crazy. Think about this. Besides the person who's selling you passive income, and I used to believe in this, and that's why I learned it. I talk about this in the Locket book. What other areas of your life that you think passive works? Imagine this. You go home, you got a girlfriend, married? I do not have a girlfriend. Okay. I've, been, I've been solo for quite some time. Okay. Yeah. Imagine you have a girlfriend, okay? okay. <laughs> okay. You go home and you say, hey, honey, you know what? I just from now on, I'm just gonna have some a passive relationship with you. Oh, <laughs> and, and and then I'm gonna have some passive sex with you. So you're gonna be all the way. I'm not. I ain't gonna do shit. Okay. How long do you think that relationship will last? Not long. Not long. <laughs> Imagine um, you say, "I want to get in shape. I'm gonna. I'm gonna." The concept passive health. <laughs> <laughs> when is when is that a good idea? It's not. It, 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 like you think about every single area of your life that you want excellence in, there's nothing passive about it. Every single one of those areas, you got to go for it. You got to be proactive, right? But somehow when it comes to money, oh yeah, because the, 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 the whole idea, when people, how people got trapped into by the idea is the whole passive income, the words set the wrong expectation. Because the minute you think about passive, your mind is thinking, how could I get the most from doing the least. Right. In, in other words, you're focusing on what could I get away with? Yeah, that's not good. 
Now you're focusing, how can I do the least so I can skip the most and then just do the minimum so that I could do nothing. Right. So you do the minimum to get the minimum results so you can do nothing. Right. It so, makes no sense. Yeah. So, so I've got another very controversial topic of yours that I am, will say, 100% on board with. And I actually posted about it and I got ripped yeah. for it. Okay. So here's what it is. Yes. You can't get rich listening to the poor. Yeah. I tweeted it. I tweeted, I tweeted, have you ever noticed that all teachers are broke? What do you think they're teaching us? How to be rich? Hell no. You'll be broke your whole life if you don't educate yourself on how to make, keep and multiply your money. And, yeah. and people liked it. But then someone, someone actually went to high school with. We're, we're going back to the invisible kid. Now I'm visible in a bad way, okay? Yep. <laughs> someone from high school that I barely knew commented on it and said, did you really just say that? <laughs> and, and, you know, everyone, everyone who liked that tweet, that reply, everyone from high school. It was crazy. So why, why do, are you on board? Who, what side are you on? <laughs> I, I, th I think, first of all, people, any people... People don't actually listen to what you say. They listen to what they say. Meaning every single message that they hear from watch a video, they see a post, every, every single one of us has got a filter. They don't actually hear exactly what you're saying. They hear what they want to hear with their belief system as a filter. So what you are, so why they're reacting to your message is right. not so much you can't get rich listening to the poor. What they hear is what they want to hear. And I could tell you almost a hundred, almost a hundred percent of the time when people say, I'm going to teach you a simple trick. You love this, Jordan. You love this. Okay. Anyone, who, anyone who tells you, oh, money is not that important. Money isn't everything. And, uh, you know, I'd rather be happy than, than rich and all that stuff. Here's what you do. You stop and you look at them and say, wait, wait. I feel something. Wait. There's a message. I'm getting a message. You're broke. <laughs> you are broke dude right that's it <laughs> you have to be broke yeah. because that's if that's your belief system you have to be broke right you're like you, you can develop this psychic power immediately why because that's the belief system they're running their lives 100 percent. i do that all the time right you say oh you this and that i said wait wait you're broke and they're like how do you know Right? And they say, give me 20 bucks, I can teach you. <laughs> give me 20 bucks, I can, I can teach you. You actually make some money out of this. That becomes a new high income skill. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it's, it is people who say that, and I'm not saying people, by the way. You need to notice I use the word broke, not poor. Poor is eternal, broke is temporary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And broke, and I don't mean necessarily financially broke. I'm talking about they have the mentality of a broke person, victim mentality, mm -hmm. entitlement mentality. I was broke. I was broke. I had no money. Yeah. But I was never poor. I, even I had no money, and I, I didn't think like a poor person. It just my money situation has not has not been resolved. I, I have some cash flow issue. Doesn't mean I'm a I'm a poor person. I didn't think like a broke person. We're very different, right? So temporary, I had no money. That's okay, right? I always tell people, I, 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 I was a millionaire 
way before I actually had a million bucks in my bank account. Yeah, I've been thinking I had the mindset years before I just had the money, but that's how I operate. But yes, people think about the other way. Oh, I want the money, but dude, you think you cannot get rich. You cannot be a millionaire with a $50,000 a year habits. How could you? You're thinking like a broke person. You hang around with the broke friends who are bitching and moaning every day. You're not hanging around with people who are growth minded, who has that growth mindset. Then, then how are you going to grow? So it's that, that's what I'm saying. It's, no, it's not like you're putting down with, oh, oh you, don't, you mean like you're looking down at uh, poor people? No, I mean, I donate to charities all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hanging around with people with broke mentality. But they don't hear that. They hear, oh, you're putting down poor people. <laughs> That's not what, I, I came with no money. I get it. I was, in, I was $150,000 in debt, right? I, was, I got beat up. Like I was bullied, like all the stuff I've gone through. So I would be the last person to, to put anyone down who started with nothing. I have no problem with who started with nothing, who's got ambition, Who's who is who are willing to learn, who's willing to put in the work, who wants to, to actually do something, who wants to make a difference. I'm all supportive. What I have a problem with, people has got like who is complaining about the situations, don't want to do anything about the situations, and all they do is point fingers at people like like yourself, right? Or it's like ju they're judging you, they're criticizing you, versus how about you go do something? Yeah. Right? So, you don't like my message? Go do it. Go post it on your damn Instagram. Oh, yeah. by the way, no one watches your Instagram right. because what you say doesn't matter. That's the other thing too with like people staying neutral. This, this is what I appreciate about you. You draw your line in the sand. Like you, you choose, right. You choose a side and, and sometimes like I'll even be a little dramatic with it and maybe you do too. I mean, just because I know and you know, you know that when you stay neutral, nobody cares, nobody's talking about you, and thus you're not making money. Is that right? And, and as, as you, want to, you don't want to be so vanilla in nowadays in, in the business world, right? You, you got to stand out. But I'm not saying do it, don't do it just for the sake of standing out. But I think we should believe in something. And, and I have very strong opinions about number of things. Example, what I've just talked about, financial freedom and, and passive income. Because that's what I've gone through. And people could argue. I don't, I don't, it's okay. Like we, they can have their opinions. I can have my opinions, right? But I'm just saying, instead of arguing, like who is right or wrong, right? Because most, most people would rather be right than rich. Mm, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. They want to, I'm right. Oh, but you're not rich. Yeah. You can talk all you want, but show me the results. You're still living with your parents in your basement. Dude, we got a problem. Yeah. Right. How about you be open-minded? Let's just be open-minded. Hey, maybe there's some truth to what this person is saying. Be the daughter, be the son, right? Be able to support your family, right? Be able to be the role model, be able to help other people instead of just stuck in your own little bubble and say, hey, hold on to your opinions. No one cares. Yeah. No one actually cares. What they care is value and results that's all the marketplace cares right mm -hmm. yeah so Dan, as we begin to wrap up here what do you do for fun i do martial arts yeah. i watch movies uh we do escape room we do all i do a lot of fun stuff i, I collect iron man stuff yeah <laughs> you see that right i have a pretty big collection uh, like my whole life it's i'm all about work life uh, integration 
So I incorporate a lot of what I do, my passions. Even you see it on my social media, like my social media, like say my YouTube is not so like a talk about business and entrepreneurship, but also talk about just what I do, like my day-to-day life, right? right? So yeah, and if there's one thing that I want to leave your fans and your audience with, if not financial freedom, then what, right? What should I aim for? And I, this is exactly it. The back of the book, unlock the door to lifelong financial confidence. Oh, yeah. So instead of aiming for financial freedom, aim for financial confidence. Meaning that when you have that financial confidence, you know you have the ability to generate income. Yeah. You're not depending on a job. You're not depending on a profession. You can count on yourself. You're not counting an investment. That's funny. I invest. But you're not counting on investment to take care of you. You're not counting on the government to take care of you. You're not counting on the school system to take care of you. You take care of yourself. Right. Being able to have that confidence. Say, you know what? If I knock on wood, like Jordan example, there's a knock on wood tomorrow. You lose everything. But you still retain your mindset and skill sets. Could you still build something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you've done it. You've made the mistakes. That's financial confidence. And no one can take that away from you. That's the biggest message I want to share. Don't aim for financial freedom. Aim for financial confidence. Absolutely. So at Dan Locke on Instagram, I highly, highly recommend. I insist that people follow you, subscribe to you on YouTube. A video a day is, I mean, like, come on. I mean, I mean, yes, yes, you're posting a video a day, but like watching a video a day and then going and taking action on it and incorporating it in your everyday life. And yep. I was just watching. It's one. free. It doesn't cost anything. It's all free. Right. It, it doesn't cost free. anything. And it's, it's so great because that's what I wanted to acknowledge you about. You're like you're, you're doing this for education. I yep. like, I, I, I acknowledge you and thank you for making waves in the world of education and teaching people, filling in the gaps for what's not been learned in school so that people can have financial confidence and, be and achieve and, and have that feeling of and have a life of significance. So Dan, it's a fantastic service. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. So unlock it. Where can people unlock get it? it? Just go to w.theunlockitbook.com, the unlock it, teach unlock it book.com and they can pre-order. It's coming out in, in a few months, right? We're now just uh, have people pre-ordering the book, but then they'll get it in a few months. So go to the check site, check it out. And we also have some, uh, I, th- I think my team also includes some some like kind of early bird bonuses as well with the book. Fantastic. Again, I insist unlock it, the book. Go and get that if you want to achieve financial confidence. And I mean, oh gosh, education. Like if like if you like Growth Mindset University, if you're listening to Growth Mindset University, you're, you're going to love this book for the same reason because you're learning the things that you should have learned in school but didn't. Love it, Dan. My final question is where or gosh sometimes every now and then i mess up the final question sometimes i'm not perfect you know what i mean that's okay uh, yeah it's okay progress over perfection yeah absolutely of of course so if you we've talked about a lot of lessons today you talk about a lot of lessons every single day if you could Mm -hmm. teach a course at a university a course of your creation or otherwise what would that course be i would say i would teach two courses if i could which is kind of what I'm teaching. It's number one, closing. Number one, number two is copywriting. 
because those are the two skills that have elevated my career. And I believe those are skills that will never go out of style because companies, entrepreneurs, they're always willing to pay someone to bring in a customer or to generate revenue. When the economy is good, they need someone to do that. When the economy is bad, they need someone to bring in customers and generate revenue. And I believe that's, that's probably one of the top, top high-income skills that anyone could generate compared to everything else. I'm biased because that's what has worked for me. And that has worked for now thousands and thousands of my students. So I would say those are the two skill sets that, that they need to understand. That you, if, if you are in debt, let me tell you this. Let me leave you with this one thought. If you're in debt, you do not have a debt problem. You have an income problem. You do not have a debt problem. Because if you are in $30,000, in debt, maybe $100,000 in debt, keeping your current income, Let's say your current income stays the same. How long would it take you to pay off that debt? Long freaking time. So you don't, but what if you can double, triple income? How much faster you can pay off that debt? Much faster. So, so you don't have a debt problem, you have an income problem. And then next level thinking, you think about it, high level thinking. You don't have an income problem. You have a skill problem. Right. You don't have a skill set that pays the bills. You don't have a skill set that's valuable to the marketplace that will, my marketplace is willing to compensate you handsomely for so you can generate more income to pay off that debt. And that's why it's all about skills. It's about the skilled economy. That's what I'm all about. People come to me because they want skills. I don't have a magic pill. I don't have a push button and money falls out of the, you know, from all to your lab and you do nothing. You believe in that stuff. I mean, you know, go do something else. I'm all about skills. I'm all about self-education that you get better, right? You get better, you earn more. It, it's that simple. I earn more today, not because this and that, because my skills that I've evolved over the years as an entrepreneur, as an educator, right? As everything that I do, that I have the skill sets. It's not, money didn't make me rich. I had no money. My skills made me rich. Absolutely. Dan, you are the man. Thank you very much. Love you, man. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, there are a couple of ways that you can give back. The first is, of course, to leave an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can also take a screenshot of this and share it out on your Instagram story and tag me at j underscore Paris underscore and tag our guest as well. And we will absolutely give you some love. And then of course, if you want to start your own podcast, a podcast like this or any other podcast you envision, you can go to jordanparis.com slash PU to get free access to podcast university. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count Live to learn and grow to give.